Hi, I'm Bryce, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Casey, and I am ready to preach. Hi, I'm Patty, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm ready to preach. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity, God. We ask that you come be a part of this podcast with us, God. We ask that you open the minds through your Holy Spirit. We ask that you open the hearts through the Holy Spirit. We ask, God, that you come in and bless everything about this podcast. God, bless the ears of the listeners, God. We ask that you come through and just be who you say you are and do what you say you will do, God. We thank you for this opportunity, God. We ask that everything be said, be said through your spirit, be said to the edification of the lives of the people listening, God. We appreciate this opportunity, God. We we know that you'll do more than we can ask, think, or imagine, God, and we are expecting it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Ready to Preach Podcast. We are tuning in tonight from our studio. We are thankful that you have joined in with us. Tonight, we're just going to go around the table and start things off and see how everyone's doing tonight. Mark, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. Casey? Had a pretty easy day. Okay, good. Wonderful. I'm doing well. Just happy to be here. Patty? Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm glad to be here tonight. It was a good day. We got sunshine in Michigan. Right. So that was nice. Everyone have a good week so far? I oh, know yeah. it's only Tuesday, but... Yeah, until you look at the forecast, and it's back down to the 30s in a couple of days. We don't need to talk about that right now. <laughs> we'll take the sunshine today. Yeah, we'll take the sunshine. Live in the moment. We don't even That's know if right. the next few days are promised. So, that is true. So to kind of start things off, let's talk about Sunday. We all had, we were all in both services together on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I had a wonderful time in each service. I feel like the spirit was moving largely in each service. Yes. I feel like everything was led by the spirit and I truly love when that happens. It was definitely a good day, good services, like you said. I, I don't think that it was necessarily much different than normal because we always try to do things led by the Spirit. I think that's the only way that stuff should be done. I don't think we should do anything under our own power, but sometimes it takes a second for the Spirit of worship to come into us, I guess. Not necessarily come into us, but come out of us Yeah, to kind of go on to everyone else. I feel like we're at just at the tipping point of breaking loose into something that goes on for days and days on end. Yeah, you can tell when it's when it's hitting just right, when it's feeling just right, because there's been times that your dad will have his whole sermon planned out. Right. But then just the way the Spirit feels, we do uh, music for a while and there's no sermon because it's just not needed because the Spirit is doing what it needs to do without having to have the sermon sometimes. So one thing I love that was different than normal is we just basically put all the instruments down and lifted our voices and lifted our hands, you know, and kind of got into a true state of where it was just us worshiping. We weren't pushed or persuaded by music or kind of hyped up by the music. We just all sat there and sang, you know, praises to God. I thought I thought that was amazing. That was the best part. I yeah. thought, <laughs> it feels really good to be in that place. It feels you don't want to leave. No. I don't personally. Mm-hmm. You know, as hard as we try and as much as we would like, you know, all the time to be 100% led by the Spirit and as much as we would hope that's the case, there are weeks sometimes, I know myself, you know, even just in the position of worship leader, putting air quotes around that because I don't think you really need to be led into worship if you're worshiping. Right. But sometimes it feels like we really are just doing a little set list and there's not much to it. But like you said, moments like Sunday night, whenever we genuinely find that spot and everybody's there with us is... Great. And that's the key. I think everybody was with us right. um, morning and evening services. Um, I think everybody came expecting, mm-hmm. and that's why we were able to go in a little further was because of the unity. We had kind of a modern-day example, both in Claire and Bangor, of right. like an upper room experience, and everyone's in one mind and one accord, and everything is going the way it needs to go. It didn't just happen thousands of years ago it can go on right now right we we serve the same the same master the same lord and we have the same holy spirit that was given to them it's available to us and i think that anyone in their right mind should reach reach towards that availability and and go get it and accept it and let the spirit rule what you do and how you worship. Yes. You want to know who is absolutely blown up to me and has just really impressed me and their willingness to open up to that in this 
last few weeks is Eric. Yeah, he's singing oh, yeah. a lot more than I. I mean, just and there have been times where I've been ready to end a song here on Sunday nights, and we don't end it because he's just ready to keep going. Yes, it's beautiful. and it's awesome. I'm so glad that he's leaning into that now. It it takes a while to feel comfortable doing that, but I think a lot of that is understanding that the people in the audience are your friends, and they're just as much for you as you are for you. Maybe even more for you than what you expect to be. Yeah, it, they don't see a lot of the flaws we see in ourselves. Well, well after last week. <laughs> Except after last week's podcast. With that being said, in last week's episode, with our efforts to be authentic and vulnerable and relatable, we have decided that this week we want to kind of take these situations or circumstances in our life and answer some questions that maybe people have about their faith with God and maybe even God's faith towards them, how these circumstances maybe have brought them to a place where they're questioning this. So today we're going to say that we want to give some reasons why maybe you would have the right, basically, to give up on your faith, even though there's not really a good answer, but I know it's a relevant question. I would probably word it more as the circumstances make us feel like we have the right. Right. All right. Sorry. It's okay. We don't I don't feel it no matter what we really honestly have a right or a good reason to quit on God. Right. We let ourselves do it a lot of times though. Right. Or even others looking in on the situation, how they might ask, you know, how do you keep going? Well, that's probably that's probably more of where my thought process was on that because I had recently seen a young man who has not necessarily had the best situations in his life you know, regarding family and whatnot, but he still decided to take a stand for the Lord, which I think was, you know, awesome. I thought it was amazing. You can't, I, I was sitting there and on like, man, I know the kid's situation. I know his story, but he still has the faith to stand up there. And I was thinking, man, what would I do in them circumstances? It's easy to sit out, you know, like the old song says, you know, the God on the mountain, when you're up on the mountain, life seems to be at its best. It's easy there. But when you get into these real life situations that are terrible, uh, for lack of better terms, you know, they're not good situations that sometimes we find ourselves in. But he has decided that no matter what he faces, no matter what he sees, he will still stand for the God he serves. And I thought that was, he deserves applause for that. 100%. Yes, he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause go ahead, Casey. Oh, I just said, mm-hmm. yep. So I just uh, want to come and kind of ask some questions around the table. Is there any circumstances that anyone are willing to talk about that would maybe, you know, I know we can only help people by what we're willing to say, you know, and what we've been through as human beings, as adults, you know, through this life and how God's favor and his hand have been upon you, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it, you know, but we can't go by what we feel because feelings aren't Lord God is. That's right. You know, (laughs) there you go, Mark. But if you want to say a circumstance or you want to kind of just give some answers and touch around on it, feel free. I can think of one for sure for myself. And the the funny thing is a lot of times when you're going through these situations, you're more amazed of how you react to it. Right. And not to say you're doing anything right. It's just, you know, you get your thought of this is what I'm going to do things. But... Then it happens, and you actually follow a better path for where you do things. Right. Um, I almost thought about sharing this last week, but it didn't quite fit with okay. where we were going for that. Um, and it's something that I know it irritates Stacy because I don't talk about it. Yeah. Um, was when my mother passed away. Yeah. A lot of people don't know a lot of the information about it. She was she was sick. She was diabetic. Yeah. And she had gotten. She had her her leg amputated. Yeah. And then from that, she got an infection where she um, got really sick. And they had to put her in a a medically induced coma. Yeah. And it came to the point where we kind of had to decide what to do. Yeah. And it came down at my, basically my father, my sister and I, we had to decide where were we keeping her on life support or taking her off? And we had to make the decision that we we took her off. 
Yeah. Knowing what was going to happen. Yeah. But the thing that was, now when I look back on it, was encouraging to me was that it didn't shake my faith or my belief. And kind of the one thing that sticks out to me the most was my dad, who does not go to church, does not believe. He had a bad experience growing up with with the church. Thought they were always there to get in your pockets for your money. Right. But the one thing he said to me that stood out was that he was proud of the fact that I made a decision and I stuck with it. Okay. Wow, Mark. Whoa. That was a little bit deeper than I thought we were going to start off the podcast, but uh, nevertheless, a situation that you went through personally will help somebody, I believe. Yeah. I think it's the only way that you can truly relate to somebody who may be in the same circumstance or in a similar situation as you. So just some questions that kind of long, kind of go along that and Patty and Casey be thinking too. Um, how did you stand strong during that time? How did you stand actually in your faith during that? Such a hard time. I've always been one to like separate things really well. Yeah. So like when this was happening at work, when I went to work, I still acted the same way. So like if when I was at work, if you didn't know what was going on, you wouldn't know. They wouldn't know. So that's kind of, that might be that's a good personality in some regards, but that might be a dangerous personality. It can yeah. be dangerous because it puts you in a place kind of to where not that you can't get help, but you can't get uh even if you don't want sympathy, but sometimes you need sympathy in times like that and it's a it's a natural thing to want to be loved at that point in time and want to have some encouragement at that point in time. Yeah, to me, it's, it always felt like sometimes when people go too far with that, it's like they're seeking attention. Right. You want it, to be genuine. Yeah. Right, which is which is fair. Ladies, do you have anything to say about that? I'm the same as Mark. I'm very much a compartmentalizer. That's the word. Yeah. Um. But like, like you said, Bryce, I think that can get dangerous. Um, but if that's how you deal with things, that's how you deal with things. Sometimes you don't have a choice though. Right. Yeah. Like, so I've always been real good. If, if something was happening at work, when I get home, it doesn't follow me there. Well, that's a good, that's a good spot to be. And that's just kind of how my mind is like, I always say my mind is wired a little differently than most people. Right. And it's always been able to kind of separate things. So there are people you see that they have a bad day at home, they bring it into work. Right. They have a bad day at work, they bring it back home. Right. It's not the fault of the people that are around you at home. Right. That what happened at work. Right. And it's not the fault of people at work that what happened at home. Now, obviously, right. there's situations where when you work with family, that's a different story, and right. it very well could be, but right. Right. the majority of the time, it's not. Patty, I, you... I agree with that, and I work with family, so I know how that is. Yeah. But I also am a strong believer that you leave things out at the door. Exactly. Right. You know, just like when we come to church, you know, things happen at home, leave it at the door. Right. Don't bring it in with you and bring the bad vibe in, you know, but maybe go to the altar. I was about to say, if you bring it anywhere, it, yeah. bring it right bring to the it altar. Right That's to the about altar. the only, only spot you know, that anything can get done with it. Ask for prayer. You know, you have a prayer partner or a couple prayer partners and you ask them, I really need help. You know, um, that's what we need to do. So I got a que- another question for you, Mark. In this time of uh, tribulation, basically, in your life, did you ever question your faith in God or question His goodness towards you? No, and to be honest to me, and again, going with how I'm wired, it just was obviously, it wasn't logical to do that. It didn't okay. make sense to me. Okay. You know, I know there's instances where people, they pray for something to happen and it doesn't happen and someone passes or they lose out on something and then they immediately get mad. Right. But to me, it's like, it wasn't logical. Right. That makes any sense or anything like that? It does. And it's kind of going to go along with my next point that I had. A lot of people get into bad situations, circumstances of life start to weigh them down, and they decide that they're going to turn their back on the only help that they have, and they decide that they step back from the faith that they had. In in this time, I've decided, Patty and Casey and I have talked, that 
we kind of want to step down and maybe want to back out, you know, quit showing up, you know, because we don't feel righteous enough or worthy enough because of the circumstances or situations around us. But I've found that in these times where we're troubled is the the best time for us to stand up and, and go forward into this thing, because this is when it really matters. Like I said before, it's easy to be a Christian when everything's going right, but when it's time to put your nose to the grindstone, dig your heels in and go to work, you know, as a Christian, when your faith is really being tried and your faith is really being tested, if you back out then, you know, the the good times don't feel as good when the bad times, when you back out on the bad times. And you notice that most times when someone does quit something, they quit literally seconds or days, whatever, before they were going to get the answer they wanted. Right, right. If they'd have just held on just a little bit longer, they'd have got their answer. Right. I really think you were touching on it without actually saying it a few minutes ago. You're talking about, you know, just because something happened at work, it doesn't mean it has to go home with you. Just because something's going on at home, it doesn't mean it has to go to work with you, that they don't affect one another. As bad and as difficult as some of the circumstances that we go through in life may seem, they don't change the fact of God's goodness in our life either. Right. God is faithful and he is just through every circumstance in your life. A lot of people question his goodness when, like Mark said, through times of loss, even though he didn't personally do it, but a lot of people have questioned his goodness. You know, why'd you take mom and why'd you take dad? And they were so young and my brother and my sister and this, and I've lost loved ones. Why? You know, there's a song and it's, and it kind of goes, it's a, a probably a mid 2000s song. And it said, why are these people, why do we see homeless on the streets? And why do we see, why do we see people that are hungry? You know, why do we see kids that are starving and kids in bad situations that they didn't put themselves in? And and what are you going to do about it? The song goes on to say, as God speaking, I created you, you know, and if we stand up in these times, song. right, it's a wonderful song. I know that song. Mm-hmm. God created us, you know, like he said to Ruth for such, or Esther, sorry, for such a time as this, he created us specifically and designed us specifically for a certain time. And he thought it was necessary for us to be here. And I think it's one of the main reasons why we're doing this podcast tonight. Personally, and I know it goes along with all of us at the table here, we want to help somebody. We want to help push somebody forward and help them understand that uh, the sorrow may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. There's a season for these things, and the seasons have to change and they have to end, but it's all based on your attitude towards the said circumstance. If you have an attitude of, I'm going to give up and I'm going to give in, the season won't change. Right. It gets worse after that. If you if you decide that you're going to quit at this time, it doesn't change your circumstance. It actually does change your circumstance. It takes it from a bad situation and puts you into a terrible situation. Makes because it worse. now you felt like you were all alone, but you had God at this point. When you give up on God, you're truly alone in this in these positions to where you already didn't have an answer, but now you've left the one who could have given you an answer and could have given you peace that surpassed all understanding, could have given you a reason for hope. Because no matter how good the intentions intentions are of the people that you know that you surround yourself with, right, they're going to fail. Absolutely, and it's not even just in trying. It's a case of maybe they don't know that situation or how to handle it. So they don't, while they have good intentions and want to be helpful, there's some times that they can't. Right. And then like you're saying, if you go away from the one that can help you with it. Right. I'd rather have, you know, 30 people that can't really help and have God than have just the 30 people that can't help. Right. Right. The only thing that we can do for people that are around us in the circumstances, be a leaning post, be a shoulder to cry on, so to speak be comfort for them. And maybe God has created you in the in their life and placed you in their life for a bad time to where you can come together and not necessarily relate, but kind of lean on each other and 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 be a be a backbone for somebody and help them. Because you don't go so far in life that it doesn't take a turn and you're the one that needs the help. And I think it's important for us to be available not only to help in the situation, but be looking for a circumstances where we're uh, helpful and be God's hands and his feet, you know, reaching out to these people. 
you know, just with a topic tonight talking about what helps you push through these circumstances where you feel like you might need to give up. That's been one of the biggest things that I've clung to for forever is what you're going through or what what I've gone through personally, it's not without purpose. Absolutely. Um, you know, some of the things I've seen a purpose for and I've experienced where somebody needed somebody to lean on and some of the things I know that there will be a day that there will be a, a purpose for it. So one of the things kind of in my personal experience is I've had to kind of coach myself and talk to myself, mm -hmm. you know, and say, hey, you will live long enough to see the end of this. Mm -hmm. You will live long enough to see that there was purpose for this pain. You will long enough to see that your testimony is a story that will help somebody. You will live long enough to see the change in this. And I stand firm on these sayings of faith, and I speak them to God. I say, God, I know that you have promises, and I know you have a plan, and I know you have a purpose, and I want you to fulfill all of these in me, and I want to live long enough to see them. Absolutely. You know, suffering isn't good. Nobody wakes up in the morning and is like, you know, I really hope that I go through something difficult today. Right. But just the thought and the knowledge that there's going to be a purpose for it someday, and it may be useful that it could be an aid to somebody else going through something also is, I don't. Well, it's encouraging. I'll say that it's encouraging. Um, and it just makes it bearable more than anything, I think, um, personally, for me. So kind of going around the table, does does anybody have anything that they would say to somebody who is questioning their, not their walk with Christ, but questioning God's goodness or kind of tipping the, tipping the scales, whether they're going to stay a Christian or just go back to their old ways. Do you have anything that you would say to encourage them? I can go um, and just share a little bit of backstory so you know that I'm not just saying this out of to say it because it sounds cool or good or whatever. Right. Um, and things that are shared are not an open invitation to ridicule anybody involved. I don't believe that any of our listeners would, but I just want to put that out there. Um. I have never had what you might picture as a perfect life, if I say those words. Um, raised by my grandparents, who I love dearly, um, they didn't have to do what they did. They didn't have to love me. They didn't have to raise me as their own, but they did. And I wouldn't trade that for a single moment. But there were always times where situations, circumstances, I was wondering, you know, why on earth am I the only person in my group of friends why am I on earth am I the only person that I know who is going through this and has parents out doing whatever they want to do? And here I am living with these old people who I love dearly. And I say old people very affectionately. Right. Um, and, and at the time it sucked. Um, I spent a lot of time questioning it, even if I was thankful for what I had at the time. But looking back now and even in the moment sometimes, it could be so much worse. Absolutely. Um, the situations that were going on, had I not lived with my grandparents, had they not taken me in, had they not kept me in church, I, there's no guarantee that I'd even be here today. Absolutely. Um, and so your circumstance may seem dire. It may seem like it is not ideal. It may seem bad. It may be hurtful. But even in the times where things look bad, God is probably keeping you from something much worse. Absolutely. That was a good word, Casey. I agree. Yes. 100% agree good. with that. That that was a good word. Even personally, I know you. I know the, the, not necessarily the story, but I know I've lived, with, lived in the same lifespan, you know, as you. We've grown up together. We're only a year apart, and I've known you my entire life. But sometimes looking in on cer certain situations that you know, you wonder the same thing. What keeps what keeps her going? What keeps her wanting to come to church? Even though she has every right, based on her circumstances, to stop, to give up or give in, you know, even though we know that it won't work. But what what keeps you going in these times? But I, I look at it and I say, thank you for your not your testimony, but thank you for sharing experiences that will help. Yeah, absolutely. That's the only thing that makes it worth anything. Well, right. And you said, like you're, like you said yourself, in the certain in the situation, it's a lot harder to see the, the effects. But when you get into hindsight and you can look back on it, you're like, God was with me the whole time. Looking at the situation, was it ideal? Absolutely not. Could it have been worse? One hundred percent. 
it's like these murals we used to make in school when I went to college for for art. Um, we had a, one of the groups had a mural they had to make, and they decided to force you to look at it a different way. And obviously, people can't see this, but some of the squares are the size of the size of these here. So if you get a picture. And each one is made up of a block like that, yet when you're up on it, you can't really see what it is. Right. But then when it was time to show everybody what it was, everybody went up a couple stories in the college, looked out the window, and you could see the whole picture of what it actually was. You, there are times when you're too close to it to really see what's going on. And that's a big thing that I would say. If you're in a bad situation and trying to see where God's at or wh what he's doing in the situation— Hold on, please just hold on for a little while. I promise you, you will look back and see, okay, I see it now. I understand now. I know why now. You know, a lot of the questions we have as Christi our Christians, you know, going this walk of faith is, number one is why. Why did this happen? But when you get away from it, you can see why. So while you're in something, ask, what do you want me to do? When you get back, you'll see exactly why you were in that situation. We sang it for a little bit Sunday morning, and it's something that I cling to personally, and I think it might help somebody to hear it if they haven't already, you know. Even when I can't see it, God is still working. Mm -hmm. Even when I can't feel it, you're still working. You're not always going to see the effects immediately, and that's as simple as it is. But that, and I'm obviously it's easier said than done, but don't lose faith that God is still in the situation just because it doesn't feel like it at the time. He never leaves you, never forsakes you, for one thing. Um, going through things every day in my life, it's like you wake up to the same thing, and it's like Groundhog Day. Right. And you go through the same rituals every day. And same it's motions. Like same motion, different day, but same thing all the time. And it's like there's got to be something better. There's got to be something better. And sometimes we go through things to help somebody else out. So we go through our our day, and maybe somebody else needs what what we can give them because of what we're going through. Maybe they, they have the same situation, but they don't know who to talk to. And then say all of a sudden they come to you and they say, what do I do about this? But then you can talk to them and say, well, I do this. I read my Bible. I listen to Christian music. I have to, I have to kind of um, pretty much put a mask on everybody around me and just have some time alone with God so that I can get myself together to go to work, you know, to leave it at the door and walk in in a different environment and not bring it in there. Um, I think that people think they have to carry it themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's why I said earlier, you need a prayer partner because they know what you're going through. You know what they're going through. And you can help each other in prayer, not to tell everybody their business, not for them to tell your business, but to pray for you. And, uh, and a verse, a Bible verse to go along that, that explicitly explains what you're talking about, it specifically, sorry, explains what you're talking about. Uh, Second Chronicles 32 and verse 7, be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there be more that is with us than that is with him. Uh, I'm pretty sure around in a lot of your circumstances and situations where you find yourself, you could look around and ask God to open your eyes. Open your eyes to see, just like Elijah and his servant, or Elijah and Elisha, open your eyes to see that there are more for us than there are against us. Yes. God is for us. And I read a little quote this week, and it says, nothing plus Jesus equals everything. Even if there's That's no one, good. even if there's no one physically around you, there's there's there probably is someone around you physically that is for you. But if there's no one around you and you got Jesus, you still have everything. Amen. That's good. So I guess the one thing I can take off of this is kind of what Casey would say, and what you guys, from what I'm picking up, is when you're in the middle of it, just hold on for a little while. Mm -hmm. There are so many good verses about things like that as well. I looked up a few of them. It's like to kind of encourage people to just hold on that last little second yeah, or that last day, that last week, whatever it is. Um, and it doesn't matter if you go Old Testament, or New Testament, they're all over the place for encouraging people to keep going. 
Um, like one of the ones I found when I was looking is Isaiah 41 and 10. It says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Right. Which ones that have been in my Sunday school class, we went over some of the what righteousness is. It's right. right. We know that who sits at the right hand of God and is the righteousness of God is Jesus. So he's going to uphold us with Jesus. Absolutely. And one of the things that I know uh, that I would tell somebody who is in, in a spot where they're looking to give up, if you st- if you hold on long enough and if if you hold on and work through this and you receive Jesus Christ as a personal Savior to you, He's a lifelong friend, mm-hmm. and he even goes beyond life in this grave, you know, life to the grave. He goes beyond that to eternal life. He'll be with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. The Bible says he'll go with you all the way, even unto the end of the world. He'll be a lifelong friend. He's somebody you can talk to day in and day out. When you have no one else you feel like you can talk to personally and give personal details and give names and give questions and give circumstances that you're in, he's one that you can lay it all out to. Absolutely. And the the talking to people thing, that's something that I struggle with personally in circumstances and things like that. Because I know for me, I don't want to seem weak, um, which is stupid. I know it's stupid. I have enough education in the whole situation of psychology. You know, that's stupid. Yeah. But it's it's how I am, and I'm trying to be better about it. And that would be my advice to somebody too. You know, like pacing, find a prayer partner, find somebody that you can rely on, even if it's just to go to them and say, "This is what's happening." You know, I need you to stand by me in this. You know, even in Genesis, it says the Lord God said, "It's not good that man should be alone." You don't have to carry your burdens on your own. You know. Sometimes it's meant to be shared with somebody else. And speaking of having to have help and where help is always good, you can read of the account in Exodus uh, in chapter 17 when they're fighting the Amalekites. And it even gets to the point where Moses, who was their spiritual leader, couldn't do it alone. Right. And it said, if you go down to verse 12, it says, but Moses' hands were heavy. He was tired to hold him up because when they held him up, they, they won. won. When right. he lowered him, they lost. Right. So obviously they have to be up. Mm-hmm. Right. Said so, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and her stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So he had to have him some friends or boys or however you want to say it. Right. That when it got too heavy for him to carry himself. They could help him out a little bit. So one of my favorite words in that passage that you just put on there was steady. Steady, definitely steady. steady. Uh, a lot of the times we find ourselves looking for someone who is steady in our lives. You know, we can trust, we can rely on, and I feel like you can find that in a in a real in a real Christian. You know, not in a fake, phony Sunday Christian, but you can find that in someone who is truly trying to become a Christian or is working on their. Uh, relationship with Jesus Christ to the fullest extent. Mm -hmm. I want to find someone who's steady. Even if I can't find someone on this earth, I know Jesus is steady. And one, is there anything else that you guys would say to someone who is ready to give up Christianity? Don't give up. Well, obviously, (laughs) Patty. (laughs) Don't give up. Keep going. So one of the things that, one of the things that I've seen is receive the Holy Spirit as help and companionship for you. You know, if you give up on Christianity, you forfeit that ability. You know, you forfeit that option as a, a friend or, like it says here, a companion in your life. He has, he's come, the Holy Spirit, I say he, but the Holy Spirit has come to be a comforter, to be a guide spiritually, physically, help you live without, live outside of yourself, live in the will of God. And if you forfeit, Christianity, you lose the right to have the Holy Spirit. I also would say, having, when you're questioning, 
get into fellowship with somebody, someone that's maybe they've had, if it's not a similar situation, they've had something that made them question their faith as well, and that held on and didn't quit. Use them as an example. Use their experience, and maybe do some study with them. Get some absolutely. Keep a couple, even if you just write it on a napkin or notepad. Write down a couple of verses when you feel like it's going. You're you're kind of thinking of sliding away, and just use that to remind yourself. Find some of the promises that God put there for us to encourage you to keep going. Well, even to think about it too, we have such a good help with the Holy Spirit. He comes in and 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 times where most people leave and go out because they're not equipped to do what the Holy Spirit is equipped to do. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness and makes intercession for us. With Jesus as our head and the Holy Spirit in our hearts, there's nothing that can stop us from living completely according to the will of God and becoming completely and utterly joyful. And that goes along with what we're talking about things that would have the ability to take joy away from us. The Holy Spirit guiding us is something that will help us find joy and find peace. We will be a blessing, and we will be a blessing and help others as well. We can be along in making the world a better place if we allow the Holy Spirit to be a part of our lives. You know, with you saying that, it just brought a thought to mind. We're talking about the potential of giving up. And I would I'd tell somebody, switch your mindset from the idea that I'm going to give up to the idea that I'm going to surrender. Right. And there's a difference. There's a big difference. You know, I'm going to give up my faith because I'm going through this, or I'm going to acknowledge that there's no way I'm going to make it through this on my own, so I'm going to surrender it to God so that I can be helped. So there's another little quote that I thought of just as you were talking about it, and I've said it before on the podcast, but I want to say it again and help make it fresh for somebody who might be going through something God's plan will never take you where His grace can't cover you. Mm -hmm. He'll never put on you, the Bible says, more than you're able to bear. And if something that He put on you is getting heavy, He said, take up my yoke, for my burden's easy and my burden's light. And and you can get right alongside me in the yoke, because the yoke, if you know what it is, it has two slots. You take up His, and you get next to Him, and He leads the way, and you follow I think that's I think that's big to understand. If you are a new Christian, maybe coming into this walk and something is, a tragedy has upcome in your life, he'll never put you in a position where he can't take care of you. You'll never get too far out of his will for him to help you out of the situation. Amen. I think that's what a lot of people think when they start going to church. They start their walk with Christ is they're expecting because they know the end. They know. God won. Right. And they expect, well, not the case. There's not going to be any problems. Everything's good because it's all taken care of. A better roses, so to a speak. A better roses. But that's not what it says. There's no verse there anywhere that says you're not going to have problems. Right. But there are verses that tell you how to handle it when you have problems. Right. A light yoke doesn't mean there's no burden. Right. Exactly. Right. Well, and the Bible goes on to say, the joy of the Lord will be my strength. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't say the joy of the world. It doesn't say the joy of your home. It doesn't say the joy of your money. It doesn't say the joy of anything that you can create. It's the joy of what the Lord has done for us. And even if we look in our circumstances and we think that there's nothing left for us to do, we can think of salvation. If there's nothing else to be thankful for, which we'd be silly to think that, but if there's nothing else to be thankful for, we get salvation. We can receive victory over our sin and all the things that have made us miserable. You know, there's a lot of misery that goes along in this world. A lot of things that we've done, like we talked about in our last podcast, that made us miserable, that made us into these situations. But receiving victory over what has happened to us and victory over our sin, if we give up as Christians and we go a separate way, we lose that. We lose that sense of joy and the sense of peace that passes all understanding. Right. That that salvation gives us. If there's nothing else to live for, salvation is a big one for me. Life would be absolutely pointless giving up. Um, you know, I know there are people who obviously don't believe in a God. They just think that we're here, we live, and then we die and it's over. Right. I can't um, I can't imagine living like that myself, you know. No. I can't imagine going through some of these things and having 
no hope whatsoever. I don't know how people do it. I think I would just be a mess 24-7, and I'm already a mess about 16-7, so. <laughs> it's already hard enough as it yeah. is with the hope that we do have because we face temptation and everything like that, and life gets rough on us. So another thing that I was thinking about when this when this topic was brought up about situations and if if you want to give up what is what are you giving up truly you know there's it's just it's way more than just giving up christianity it's giving up so many more things happiness in this earthly life if you give up christianity there's a lot of the things that have given us the right not to be happy about but christianity has brought us personally i, I can't speak for anybody else has brought us close uh, church has brought us into a good church family to where we can actually find people to depend on and lean on and and ask questions to and talk to. And it, I feel like life wouldn't be nearly as good if I didn't have this. I'm in total agreement. Yes, me too. Absolutely. 100%. So everyone else is basically given kind of little bit of a background of times that they thought were testing and trying times in their lives. And it's my turn, I guess. The spotlight's on me. I uh, went through a couple of years ago, probably three years ago, almost four years ago now, went through a family split, I will say, kind of a catastrophe that caused my family to completely divide. And just to back that and preface the whole story, Everything that I knew from zero to 18 years old when this happened, well, almost 19 when this happened, everything I knew was family. All my friends, family. Every time we went on vacation, family. Every time we did something, family. And, and it was wonderful, you know, from my perspective. I loved it. It was a good thing in my life, you know. But then... Uh, situations and circumstances happen and it split and it felt like everything that I knew and everything that I was a part of was gone, had totally split. And going back to the last thing, church was family. You know, we went all together as a family, a huge family, cousins, uncles, brothers, you know, sisters, everything. And once, once the split happened, it was like the rug was pulled out under me from under me and to speak metaphorically, you know, and it was like what I knew was lost and was gone and I couldn't overcome that at that point in time. And it just kind of, it kind of festered up inside of me, some sort of an anger towards not the people who did it, but the situation I was in, I hated it. You know, I didn't, I didn't understand it better to do or to be better said i i didn't understand why it was happening and i wondered what the purpose of this was you know and that's like when i talked with casey earlier uh, some of the biggest advice you can give somebody is to just hold on through the situation and you'll see the end of it you'll understand why you know you'll understand why after after it happens and you'll understand it better by and by the old song says but when it happened it hurt it it didn't really kill my faith. I won't say that because I still continue to go to church. I still continue to pray. Actually, I prayed harder than than I ever did. You know, um, I don't know if anybody else has been in that situation to where maybe you were in a place and you're kind of stagnant. Is how I felt looking back. I wasn't spiritually where I was supposed to be, and then this kind of brought me to my knees—a good place actually to land. You know, and. That's how I know it was divine and how I know that God was doing this on purpose. And he had he had an idea of how the end, not an idea, he, had, he knew exactly what the end goal is going to be and what the end situation is going to be from the beginning. So when it brought me to my knees, I started, you know, asking for questions or asking for answers and trying to figure out what was going on, why it was happening. But then I was just like, you know what, I'm taking myself out of this because I can't do anything about it. I can't worry enough to change it. I can't be scared enough to change it. I can't fear enough to change it. I can't cry enough to change it. But I'm trusting God through it all. I think one thing that's kind of stuck with me through all these things we've been sharing is all of us could have reacted a different way than we did. 
Absolutely. And made a different choice. And yet, essentially against all odds and with no visible good reason to, we made a different choice. Right. It's like, you know, the choice I had to make was a very hard choice. Right. But the choice to keep going was almost like a no-brainer. Absolutely. Like you see those little easy buttons or stupid buttons or remember the old uh, insurance commercial, so easy a caveman could do it? Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's like there's no... No other feasible option. Nothing else that would come in made any sense. Well, and that's one of the things that I'm thinking about, and I think we should kind of change our outlook on this entire podcast, not reasons why someone would quit or why would you, but testimonies from people who have op- had the option to quit and didn't, and we're living in the blessings, you know, of not quitting, and we're living in the new life and the new era of not quitting and not giving up and putting our nose down and putting our nose in the Bible and putting our head into prayer and and deciding that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and deciding that there's no other option but to keep going. And we're trying to come from a point of people who have been there, done that, so to speak. Yeah, I can confidently say, and I can't speak for anybody else, but I'm sure most of you would agree that despite the circumstances and despite the you know the sorrow, the trial, the pain, I wouldn't change a single moment of it knowing where I ended up now. Right. Absolutely. And I sometimes I say I have a good memory, and usually I do, but I can't remember a thought of doing anything any differently ever even popping into my head. No. You know, it was it was like to me this this was the next thing, you know, if you want to get out of the car, you have to open the door, then you have to get out. Right. It it was the next step in the process. Nothing right. else. There was never even another option that seemed to, to to either tempt me away or do anything else. It just it just it was natural. You know, a lot of the times when you ask, I've personally asked uh, Casey's grandmother, how do you how do you go? How do you make it from zero till however old you are now? How do you make it through that time? She always says, I just kept putting kept putting one foot in front of the other. And trusting God through every every circumstance in my life, every place that I found myself, I tried to find God in that place, you know, and I kept moving. I didn't sit there because if you stop and sit there, you'll be in the pain longer than you should. Mm-hmm. You got to keep moving and moving forward. Can I put this other one out here? It's one of the other ones on my list of the ones I found. Yeah, go ahead. To help maybe like be an encouragement. And it's Psalm 138 verse 8. And it says, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. So whatever his plan is going to be for you, it's he's going to perfect it. He's going to get it how he wants it done. And it's going to be the way that's the best for you. You just have to hold on that little bit longer. Trust. You have to trust in his plan. And that's one thing that I want to kind of change our, not change our mind, but change our point of view on is, a lot of the stuff that we attribute or account to Satan is God's hand working in our lives. You know, did I think that uh, a huge family split and a family fight and a, a total lifestyle, total livelihood was split out of my life? Did I think that was attributed to Satan for a time? Obviously. Oh, I'm sure you I did. thought it was attack, you know, totally from from our adversary. But looking back on it, I see God's hand moving in the situation. Yeah. I see what his purpose was. You know, this this thing, it's not a good thing, but it all depends on your perspective in it. If you keep a perspective of it's always Satan trying to attack me and tempt me, you know, and, and push me in here, and he's the one doing this, and you look at it, you're, you, you will have a bad outlook on it. But if you're like, God's the one doing this. God's the one keeping me from these things. He's the one who's protecting me through these situations. He's the one that has brought me through ultimately. And definitely. And if you have that mindset of the other way where you're viewing it as all an attack against you, you're going to be more likely to turn and go the other way, and you'll never see the point to the situation. Right. You'll never see what the plan was going to be when it was finished. Right. You'll never get to see the finished work if you don't sit around not sit around if you don't keep pressing forward. And look at the um, all the the Hebrews when they were in the wilderness. They kept turning back and taking that 
where God took used Moses and took them out of Egypt for something good, they started complaining and saying, why have you done this evil thing to us? Right. And they didn't get to see the promised land. Right. Anyone, anyone over the age of 20 didn't get to go in. And sometimes I think we forget that Moses had those doubts too. Right. And he did things not right to the point that he got to see it, but he didn't get to go in. Right. Because he was himself, he would let at times his doubts of how things were going to work, even though he's got countless examples of time and time again where it did. And he still held, put his doubts first and acted in himself instead of in the plan God was telling him what to do. It's easy to forget all the things you've already been brought through and all the victories you've already, you know, been given through God's power because God knows we can't do it on our own when you're in the middle of a battle. But a victory has never been won before something's been fought. Absolutely. It's true. You always got to fight to win. Right. And that's one thing that I was going to kind of touch on. If people in your life are creating these bad situations and, and putting you in a place to where you feel like you want to give up, always remember that God didn't quit you. Mm-mm. God didn't hurt you. People hurt me. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on man either. I guess it's not a great saying, but don't give up on man, but definitely don't give up on God because he's the only he's the only true hope we have. And you definitely can't give up on man because a lot of times, like with Aaron and her, he'll send someone there to help you. Absolutely. Someone that maybe you never talked too much before, you maybe don't have much of a relationship with, but he'll send someone there. And it'll be specifically designed to help you. Exactly. They'll have everything you need in their arsenal. So going, I guess, the next step with this, from the different situations we all have been talking about, when we talk about, you know, what, how do you stand when you've got a reason not to, what are some situations that would make us feel like, you know, it's okay, it's, it's, it's okay to give up. It's okay to turn our backs on God. So personally for me, I would, I would say anger towards man and sometimes even towards God. Anger, you know, is a, is a big factor in my story. You know, I was upset. I was infuriated, to be quite honest. I didn't, I didn't understand more than anything. I didn't understand what was happening, and it made me mad. You know, why would why would this happen when I feel like it's such a good thing for me and it's such a uplifting and a building thing for me? But obviously, I didn't quit because I'm still here talking about it tonight. You know, but after after I look through it, I'll be like, okay, I understand. I'm glad that I didn't get mad and quit. I'm glad that I stuck through it and, and God preserved me. And I actually wasn't in such a good spot. And my situation actually wasn't so good back then. It was worse before the turmoil hit. Then it was so much better, so much sweeter when I actually got into a good relationship with God. You were in a place where you thought you were good, but you really weren't good yet. Right. And now I feel like I'm in a place where I really am. I truly believe that. I think for me... The main main concept, the main feelings, I guess, in my situations were, you know, both isolation and then hopelessness. Um, I spent a lot of time asking questions. I spent a lot of time struggling with the situation. Anxiety, depression, led through it all, been through it all, been there, done that. <laughs> um, and at the end of the day, I, the lesson for me was, you know, nothing is ever truly hopeless Um, We always have a source of hope, you know, we're never alone, and the situation is not nearly as bad as you might think it be, think it may be. She stole a comment I was going to make, because like even in that situation, you had examples of hope, both in experiences with family and in relationship with God, and even though there may have not been people around you, with God, you're still not alone. And I want to say one thing, too. I feel like there's—I think it's important to note that people in our very exact situations, in our very exact same places, there are people that relate to us. We know that. And there are and there are people that relate to us and that are not Christians, and a lot of them have taken their own life. Yeah. A lot of them have turned to addiction and turned to pills and turned to drugs and turned to alcohol to kind of— quote-unquote, cope with these things, even though it's just a temporary fix, just a quick fix. You know, it's like a Band-Aid over a bullet hole, you know. 
there's a lot of people in the same situation who have found themselves in hopelessness truly and mm-hmm. find that there is no hope outside of what God can do for us. Absolutely. And I'm self-aware enough and willing enough to admit that's exactly where I would have been, exactly Absolutely. where I was Yeah, even, you know. I would say for myself, just to go off of that before I even go into where I'm going, to me, it never made sense to to think that route, though yeah. I know it popped into my head on occasion, but it's just like that doesn't make... doesn't fix the problem. It doesn't fix the problem. It do, that's that. That doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't... Doesn't solve anything. No. And with mine, it was loss, and there was a lot of depression that came with it and still does come with it. Absolutely. But it was knowing, and that's where the good thing with the Holy Spirit is when you take some time and you study, and you're going through some of these situations, you have that word that pops up in your head that is the right word for you to hear at that time Absolutely. to kind of help you through it. Absolutely. And I'm pretty, I'm, I'd say 100% certain that's why I never had the thought to go any other way. Right. I never had a thought or temptation to turn back. Right. Because I had that in my, in my mind and in my heart that it's the only thing that made sense. It's the only thing that added up. Right. Patty, what are you thinking? I think that even through disappointments, we can cry out to the Lord. He's there to help us no matter what we go through. We said some things that were going on in our own lives, but maybe it's not something that you're going through out there listening. But you feel the same kind of anger or disappointment or fear or sadness. Your heart is broken because of what you're going through. And there's no one else to reach out to, nobody there at night with you. But Jesus is always there listening. He's always with you. He never leaves you, never forsakes you. That means that he's there with you in the dark when nobody else is. He's there when you can't pick up the phone, you have no strength. He's there listening. And it's okay to let it out and cry. It's okay to scream. It's okay to to have those emotions because we were created in, in God's image and that's what he gave us to deal with is our emotions. And that's one way to get it out is to cry to the Lord, cry out to him for help. That's what he wants for us, to ask him for help. So if you're out there tonight and you're thinking of ending your life because you can't go on any further, just know that there's hope out there, and his name is Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And he's there for you to make a way where there seems to be no way. Absolutely. And, you know, back in the Bible days, they were asking for somebody to stand in the gap. Maybe maybe that's not you. Maybe they're they're asking you to um, – maybe, maybe you're feeling, not asking you, but maybe you're feeling that you're not that person that's going into a, um, a suicidal thing or, or a depression mode or have too much anxiety in your life. Maybe you're the one that needs to pray for somebody that is going through a situation that – you're not going through, but you have compassion for them, for what they're going through. Maybe you can stand in the gap for them. And in Ezekiel twenty-two thirty, they were the Lord was looking for somebody. He said, "I looked for someone among them who would build up a, the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land, so I would not have to destroy it." But I found no one. Maybe He was looking for you. You were you're supposed to be that someone standing in the gap. Maybe that's why you're going through something, because you can help to relate to somebody else. Maybe your situation seems hopeless for you, but Jesus is the hope that you're looking for. And if you find yourself in a situation where uh, you want to kind of give up, just take a second and look around you and see what's at stake. Yes. A lot of the times we want to give up, but we don't realize that it's not only us that's going to lose in this thing. Everyone around us is going to lose out and we can, like Patty says, we can stand in the gap for these people around us that maybe don't have a strong walk. And if we give up, they give up. And I keep coming back to this when I read it earlier, and I had all these different verses. I was looking for ones of to encourage you to keep holding on. And the only one out of this whole list that keeps making sense, and I keep seeing it, I, I mean, not just because I have it on my screen, I keep seeing it, it keeps popping in my head, is back to that Isaiah 41.10. Right. The fear thou not, for I am with thee. Right. 
He's given you a clear word that he's there with you. And then to be not disp- be not dismayed. Don't be upset because I am your God. And that again, he will strengthen you and he will help you. And he will uphold you. And I, for some reason, that to me seems like that sums up everything that we've been Absolutely. talking about on here is that, that verse itself. Yep. And it's not that these others aren't good. That just seems to be someone needs to hear that. It checks, that, it checks every box. That whatever doubt you have, fear not. Whatever loss you have, fear not. Whatever anger, whatever disappointment, any situation you've been in, fear not because God is with you still. Amen. And not only will he be with you, he'll strengthen you. And he'll uphold you with his right hand of righteousness. Mark, do you have anything to add personally, or are you ready to move on? The only other thing I could think of is going through the situations we listed, talking about loss, talking about anger. Do any of these really give us a reason or a right to turn our backs on God? No. And one thing I wanted to add to that, you know, when we come to these thoughts of uh, giving up or turning back, None of us have ever been hung on a cross. Nope. None of us have ever been beaten beyond, you know, recognition, you know, to where it didn't look like Jesus was a man anymore. None of us have ever been, had our beards ripped out or spit on or punched or slapped or totally forsaken. Or none of us have ever had God turn his back on us. So any situation you find, whether it be good or bad, there really is no right to turn around. I think something that can help, I know it's it can get kind of graphic, but not in a bad way. When you ever you're thinking that something's too much for you, you you've you know, no one understands this. And we got Easter coming up. Right. Go and find online like a doctor's account of what happened, and that sh- that's what love looks like. Absolutely. When you think that you've had the last you can take. You got a picture of someone who went further. Right. And I think that's something that, even though it can be disturbing to read through, or if you watch the movie The Passion of Christ to see it on film, and even that's a pale comparison, look it up. It's it's worth the read, no matter what emotions you feel from it when you read it. It's worth it. Absolutely. You know, just speaking about situations and wanting to give up and having a reason to... There's never going to be something bad enough to give you a reason to give up on God. I know that I can speak for myself, and I'm sure for everybody else in the room, that the only way we even got through some of the things we've been through is because God was there to hold us and to keep us. 100%. You know, why would I give up when the only reason why I've made it this far would be the thing I'm giving up? Absolutely. That's right. It's a booyah right there for you, Bryce. Booyah. Booyah. So one thing that I was thinking, too, if if we ever— needed a prime example of someone who had the right to give up because Jesus took on sin when he knew not sin. You know, he took and, and bore the load that we were supposed to bear. He he had the right to give up. In the Garden of Gethsemane, I believe he had the opportunity to give up, you know. Oh, yeah. If it be not your will, let this cup pass from me. And when he said that I, at any moment I could call a legion of angels to come get me, that's the opportunity right there to take him out of this equation and just let us go into our own turmoil and our own dismay. But he had the 100% right to give up, the opportunity to give up, but he still went all the way, even to the cross. And he didn't even give up on us. Never. Never once. Had no obligation no. to either. Absolutely no reason to save a wretch like me. But he went, he went all the way. He even went further than all the way, I'll say, because he went to hell, and he went to the death, and he went to the grave. He got back the keys to the kingdom, and he said, with these keys, you can be set free. So anybody feeling these these thoughts of anger, these thoughts of doubt and hopelessness and, and a situation of loss, I feel like we need to invite you to be able to talk if you want to go to a place and air out or vent and and just kind of lay it all out there and get it off your chest, so to speak. First thing I'd like to do is invite you to pray 
I think that's the best thing that we collectively all think that I believe here. Say, go go to your prayer closet, get on your knees, get rid of all distractions, be honest, be vulnerable, because God knows your situation, obviously. Um, be honest, be vulnerable, be sincere. I think that's a big part of what we need to do nowadays. We've lost sincerity, but we need to be sincere with God and say, God, I'm really struggling right now, and I need your strength, and I need your peace, and I need your guidance. I need your joy. I need your help, you know, to get through the situation. I think that's the first step you need to make. And if you go further and you want to talk to somebody in person, I'd like to invite you to our Facebook page, uh, Redemption Church, and go and personally, our personal message, anyone on there, and and just be able to talk. And you can get connected with a, a person who has a real life story and a real example of what you've been through, you know, maybe not exactly, but can give you a reason for hope in, in such a time of turmoil in your life. If you want to move forward in that, I, I strongly suggest you go and pray. Be very sincere, be real, and pray. And if you want to talk to somebody in person, you can reach us on at Facebook Personal Message. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ready to Preach. We hope that something that has been said today will aid you in your journey both in Christianity and in the pursuit of becoming ready to preach. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please reach out to us on our Facebook page, Redemption Church, and share us with your friends. If you have any questions for us or topics you would like for us to discuss, we can be reached through the Facebook's direct message or in the comments section of our posts about the podcast. We look forward to you tuning in next week. 